Welcome, everyone, to another installment of the BC Counselor's Legal Brief, the legal podcast that provides easy-to-understand information about estate and business planning to help you, your family, and your business. And now, the jovial gents of jurisprudence, Mike Betts and Spencer Chaffin. Welcome back, everybody, to another installment of the BC Counselor's Legal Brief. I know it's been a while, so I'm going to introduce myself again. Spencer Chafin, I'm here with Mike Betts. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing great. It was kind of tough getting back into the swing of things because it's been so long since we've been in front of these microphones. It really has been. And not only are we attorneys, we're family men and things have gotten busy. And so I'm going to use my excuse as recording this. Got a two-month-old at home. And so just been getting back on track. And Spencer, the fame from this podcast has proven to be a little bit overwhelming for me. You know, Mike, you probably deal with it more than me because what I do is once I get done with work, I don't let anyone know my schedule. I rush to my car and go straight home. You, on the other hand, probably walk the streets and glad hand with everybody, signing autographs, kissing babies, right? Oh, no. Usually, it's just late night walking the streets, if you know what I mean, (laughs) Spencer. Hey, you got to pay those bills. You got to pay those bills. (laughs) (laughs) So today, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some updates, legislative updates for the Oklahoma. Not just some, some big ones. I mean, like these are really big for the Oklahoma cannabis industry. Yeah. You know, every year it seems like the poor folks in this industry, regulators and business owners, and then the consultants and the attorneys have been in Oklahoma getting inundated with changes. It's always a change, a change. And last year, there were some pretty important changes that went through. And then a couple years before that, in 2019, there were a lot of really important changes that went through. And I would say, not to overstate it, but I'd say this year might be the most impactful changes. Yeah. And so what I thought would be helpful, and Spencer reluctantly agreed we could maybe do a really boring legislative update. Are you ready to jump into it, Spencer? I'm ready to nerd out. Let's do this. The first one that I think is going to be the most impactful is House Bill 3208 or HB 3208. A very high level summary. It allows for a moratorium. A moratorium is just a really fancy word for saying we're not going to issue any more licenses. So why I think this is so impactful, I think a hallmark of Oklahoma's marijuana regulatory structure has been very, and I I use this word maybe the wrong way, but I call it democratic. It's very, very competitive, pro-competitive. In other words, you can come in, we're not going to put any limits on the number of licenses. The licenses are relatively affordable at, say, $2,500 and some change if you pay the fees online and they have like convenience fees that they charge. But for about $2,500 to the OMMA and $500, say if you're a grow to the Oklahoma Bureau of Narcotics, you can be licensed. And that in comparison to other states is really affordable. And again, you don't have to have anything special. You just get to meet the requirements of licensure. And the requirements of licensure, in my view, are 
pretty easy requirements. In other words, historically, there have not been any capitalization requirements. So good or bad, somebody with literally just a few thousand bucks in their pocket could start a business and get running. Whereas in other states like California, and for completely different reasons, but I think this is a fact, if you want to do a marijuana business there, you're going to have to have millions of dollars of capital to be able to effectively do it. And so Oklahoma has been really unique in that regard. And so we've had a proliferation of licenses, lots of businesses. People have commented on the number of dispensaries, but really it's been a structure that a lot, like it encourages people to come and do it. If this is what you want to do, this is your dream, do it. This law stops that. Right. Can't do that. Effective August 1st, if it passes. Which I think based off what we were looking at is it's been approved by both the House and Senate, right? And it's now at the governor's desk. Yeah. So if you go to the Oklahoma legislature website, you can just do a quick bill search for 3208. And here's props to the state of Oklahoma. The online presence, like things being done electronically, online, updates in the state of Oklahoma is amazing. Oh, my! I just Googled real easy. And there's a long laundry list related to this bill, starting from everything of the first reading on February 7th of 2022. And it goes all the way to May 19th when it was referred for enrollment. Like, this is great to keep track of this. And it's minute to minute. Like, again, kudos to the state of Oklahoma. The legislature did this yesterday, and we're looking at it at 8.54 a.m. on May 20th. It's already updated. It might have been updated last night. I I can't find anything on if the governor has signed it yet. No. But are we pretty confident that the governor is going to sign this? Yeah. So Because this has been talked about since like last year's session, right? That's right. So it's slightly different bill. And there were a number of bills this year that kind of addressed this concept where they limited the number of licensees and then wanted to maintain it that way. This is a little bit more generic. So this bill, what it does is it says that the OMA director has discretion to like initiate moratoriums if he or she, and right now it's a she, determines that it's advisable to do that. But then it goes a step further and the legislature effectively says, notwithstanding that discretion, starting in August of this year, August 1st of this year, we're going to do a two-year moratorium. And then again, the OMA can affect that if they want to. So it could be stopped sooner if they need to. But that's kind of a known and it's, it's speculation. And then to your specific point, Spencer, if you look at the history of that bill, it has been referred, referred for. to, referred for enrollment. What basically what that means is the House approved it, the Senate made some changes and approved it. They went back together and looked at the amendments and agreed to the amendments in committee or conference. And then the House voted again. Like they agreed to change it to the way the Senate wanted it, I believe. I don't have it right in front of me. And then, no, that I think the House asked the Senate, hey, your changes, take away your changes. And they said, okay, we'll do it. And so it might have actually gone back to the Senate for approval. So it went House, yeah, it, Senate, and then Senate for approval, I think, technically. Yeah, the Senate was the last to vote on it. And there were 33 
for eight against. Yeah. And now it has been referred for enrollment to the governor because now both sides have agreed. Everybody signed. Okay, governor, it's up to you now. And so Spencer was asking, what do we think the governor is going to do? My sense, just based on what I've seen, I think that Governor Stitt will absolutely sign this. I mean, there, it's a very dominant pro for this. Uh, what I'm saying is most of the Congress people are for this. There's 33 senators voted for it, eight against, and then what it looks to be like either 64 or 66 House of Representatives voted yes for it, and only 17 or 11 voted against it. So it is... You know, as far as the party is concerned, I think it's a very popular thing, you know, for the party in control. I don't want to make this even a partisan issue. The idea is it overwhelmingly passed. And I think that the governor is on board. And I think that the OMMA wants a reprieve. I think the, in their view, number of licenses need to be reduced. And I, I was looking at a statistic the other day, and I think we recently had a net reduction in the number of licenses. In other words, the OMMA has been taking, whether it's taking its own action or not, like it's finding that there are less licenses as a net number being granted. And my sense is the OMMA has been doing a really, they've had an active role in a lot of that past last year requires the OMMA to come in and make sure you're operational. And so they've been going out, making sure folks are operational if they're not operational, then they theoretically can lose their license. Okay, so let's talk about some other... There are two other ones that are... Very, like, there, there are a number of bills that passed. And, like, if you guys have any questions or concerns about that, reach out to us at BC Counselors, or you can reach out to Lifted Logics, and we'll happily yeah. answer any questions. Our members, we give them these updates. Our clients, we yeah. give them these updates so that they know and... We're happy if you've got questions, but the two that are worth mentioning also, as far as these like really impactful laws, one is going to be changes to the amount of fees that it's going to cost. And that one is House Bill 2179 and House Bill 2179 is really darn close, but It hasn't yet, and I'm pulling up for the most up-to-date history, it looks like it is gone through the House. The Senate made some changes. Those changes were rejected by the House. Those changes went to a conference between the Senate and the House, and it looks like the recommendation was adopted and approved by the House, and now it's the Senate, and we're just needing the Senate to be okay with it, is what it looks like. Yeah, that's that's the way I'm reading this. So this has not been enrolled yet to the governor for signing. In other words, we don't have like a final enrolled bill. So what is this House bill 2179 doing? Yeah, so basically this bill, if it does pass, and again, I'm not as confident that this one will pass as Bill we just discussed, 3208. That's why we spent so much time on 3208. This one, though, what it does is it increases the fees 
for licensure. So I need to go through the bill to confirm all this, but my notes, quick and dirty notes that I'd put together is all of the fees increase from 2,500 to 5,000 bucks, except grows, they have canopy requirements. And so the cost of the license is gonna increase depending on the size of the grow. Gotcha. So the canopy in a very lay term understanding, because we talk about lay people, I'm a lay person when it comes to the quote unquote scientific or technical side of growing, a canopy in the very lay term is just how many plants are you able to do. So that's a change because it's going to make it more expensive to get a license and money is material to people. Hey, we're going to take a quick commercial break so that way you can hear from our sponsors, but we'll be right back with more legal info to help you, your family, and your business right here on the BC Counselor's Legal Brief. This episode of the BC Counselor's Legal Brief is brought to you by Alfredo Robledo Certified Public Accountant, PC. Alfredo has been licensed as a Certified Public Accountant since 1984 and is located in Grapevine, Texas. Alfredo can help with many different tax matters ranging from filing individual and business tax returns, trust and estate filings, as well as bookkeeping services for your business. You can contact Alfredo at 817 421 0720 or find him at grapevinecpa.com. My name is Kaya and I'm almost a teenager. I have a real problem. My daddy and my grandfather love pie. For my daddy, it's apple. For my poppy, it's anything lemon. But they won't bring me any pie. I don't think that's fair. They always go to Judy Pie on Main Street in Grapevine, where Miss Judy and her bakers make 20 different kinds of pies and cinnamon rolls on the weekend. But I don't get any. They tell me I can have pie when I'm a teenager, like pie is only for grown-ups or something. Can someone please call my daddy and my poppy and tell them I need pie? In the meantime, you can go to JudyPie.com, or if you're in Grapevine, Texas, visit Judy Pie on Main Street. And if my daddy or my poppy are there, tell them that Kaya wants a piece of pie. We're back, and you're listening to the BC Counselor's Legal Brief, the podcast providing legal info to help you, your family, and your business. And then the last bill that I wanted to talk about that I thought could have a unique impact is this House Bill 4287. House Bill 4287 creates a flower packaging act. So we're talking about daisies? We're not talking about daisies, but I'll be your huckleberry. <laughs> what, what is it? It'd be a daisy if you do. It'd be That's a daisy if you do. That's what he says. That's what he says. <laughs> Guys, for y'all that were born in like the late 90s and then and shockingly, like there are a lot of adults now around that were born in late 90s. Well, for them, that's just a really epic Western movie y'all need to watch. Anyway, we digress. The idea is on this, the idea, like very high level thinking on it is you just are going to have to prepackage your flower. So historically in Oklahoma, it's been so that you have, let's say I'm a grower, I could theoretically sell bulk marijuana, let's say a whole pound to the dispensary, and then the dispensary can dispense that bulk flower. This law would theoretically 
require all of that flour to already be packaged in specific sizes. So let's say it's like, it might go half a gram. So half a gram up to maybe two ounces. So there's a range of what you can package. I'm pretty certain about half a gram. I can't remember if they let you go as much as two ounces. I don't believe you can go more than two ounces because I think that's beyond what a patient can buy at one time. This law, though, is important because it's going to make it more, maybe a little more difficult on growers to actually package their product. They haven't had to really focus on that. And that's really a trend where the more developed states in this industry have gone. So like in a lot of the popular states that have been doing this for a long time, you're getting prepackaged flour anyway. And then it's, you know, there's pros and cons to it. But that's important. I wanted to mention to folks because it could be problematic. I don't think that law goes into effect though, if it does pass. And again, this one has gone through both of the sides of the legislature. So right now it is sent to the Senate for reading. So it looks like it's been passed by the uh, House and now it's up to the Senate because there's been some changes back and forth. It's the same concept where the committee between the Senate and the House, that smaller committee said, you know what? The Senate's amendments, we can get rid of them and do it. Now the Senate just has to officially approve it and then it it would go to then it would go to the governor. Again, it's possible this one could stall, but this one is worth knowing just because of what we're gonna be have to thinking about if we're a grower. And I pulled up the law and it looks like it is one half of one gram to no more than three ounces. So that's the most that you're going to be able to put in a package. package. Yeah. Uh, Three ounces is a lot of marijuana. Gotcha. Again, I don't want to sound ignorant, but I would imagine you're not getting as many three ounces as say maybe grams. Gotcha. I think think people go in and buy buy gram a lot. So anyway. Other bill that actually is a law that I just want to throw this out there because this goes back to the getting your certificate of occupancy and stuff like that is that Senate Bill 1511 that did get signed by the governor back in March of 2022. And that just limits the any grows can't be within a thousand feet of any public or private school. If you're out there looking for a building, just keep that in the back of your mind when you're doing that. Not a huge ordeal, but it's also kind of it is a law. Yeah. So. so very quick, we'll go through like the litany of things that have been signed or we think are going to be signed. Most importantly, 3208, that's the moratorium. It's not to the governor yet, but it's, it's on its there. way. Yep. House Bill 3019 is one we hadn't talked about. It changes some of the packaging rules. Now your back packaging doesn't have to be completely opaque. It can be see-through. And so that's maybe a positive thing for folks in the industry. Spencer, you mentioned the thousand feet rule. Historically, it did not apply to grows. That rule only applied to to, to a dispensary. Really? Interestingly enough, I think waste disposers too. But the the licenses that people are really concerned about, the grow, the processing, the dispensary, just dispensaries. Now it covers grows. The OMA will not be a part of the health department anymore. It's going to be its own agency, which I don't think that's going to affect anybody one way or the other. I don't know that they'll feel it. I think yeah. people have been treating the OMA as its own organization. That's more probably helping with some of the government bureaucracy, maybe. We have enhanced penalties for diverting marijuana. So 
Diversion of marijuana is not selling it in accordance with the rules. Got to sell only to licensed people. Can't sell to minors. Dispensaries don't sell to people who don't have cards. Be very careful about that. And, and when I say minors, minors that don't have cards. Make sure you're following the rules. Make sure people are licensed and have valid licenses and just don't hide or move the marijuana in a way that it's not supposed to be moved and track everything. And then there's a couple other laws that have passed that you have to post your license information in a conspicuous location. You already had to do that. So I'm not quite sure what the point of this was, but I think it was like font sizes and stuff. It's like a summary yeah. of what you have to do. Yeah. It's a silly law, but but maybe not. Maybe maybe it's somebody almost, can articulate. It's almost kind of like they, oops, we forgot. We should have included this. Almost kind of like the Senate Bill 1511, where it's like, oh, yeah, maybe we should have included grows within regards to the thousand yeah, foot roll. That's right. Oops. That's right. And then House Bill 1512, my recollection and my very basic summary says that Department of Agriculture won't regulate medical marijuana anymore. Actually, I take back everything that I just said. The change doesn't affect. See, this is why my very simple two-line summaries are no good at all. And ultimately, Pierre's going to cut a big chunk of this out so we don't look like fools. So, well, Spencer, may- you didn't look like a fool. I look like a fool. So anything related to HB 1512, Pierre, if you want to cut yeah. that And replace it with this. HB 1512 is a new statute that is going to affect. And for all of you marijuana enthusiasts out there, you still have to get your licenses with the Department of Agriculture if you are selling any clones because they are nursery products. And I did it in a different voice, Pierre, so that it sounds dubbed. Like I want it to like, we have like a little, like, you know how we have a flow and then it says house bill 2115. It's almost kind of like those Chinese ninja movies where they put English dub over it and it's just totally off. Completely off. That's the flavor that I That's, want. Yeah. That's the flavor. Unfortunately, we don't have subtitles for our podcast. Yeah, I wish we did. They probably need it as fast as I talk. <laughs> but anyway, that's everything. And again, I don't mind if we keep yeah. it for the flavor. I want people to know that we're humans too. Yeah. And sometimes- And this is not legal advice. No, this none of this is legal advice. If you are relying on any of the things that we're saying here, then let us know your address and we're going to send you a bill. <laughs> I'm kidding. But I'm seriously. Kidding. But seriously, like if you've listened to this- right. Send us a... Just money. Just money? Just money? Yeah. Send us unmarked bills. (laughs) Okay. The the wheels will fall off on this one. Guys, everybody, if you have questions... Glad to be back. Glad to be back. If you have questions or concerns about any of this stuff, I know it's a lot. The biggie takeaway is licenses. It looks like there's going to be a suspension or moratorium period on new licenses. That's not going to affect your renewals, your existing licenses. But if you did want to vertically integrate, like you have a a processing license and you were ever thinking about doing a grow or dispensary, you might have to fast track those plans right now. Or if you're a new entrant in the market, now's the time to be doing it. Mark your calendars for August 1st. And we're happy to help if we can. So Spencer, any questions, concerns on all of that from your end? No. I think we 
did a great job covering this for him. That was great. Thank you. I'm going to pat myself on my back. Thank you, Pierre, for facilitating this for us. He's so rude. He won't even respond to you. No. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Well, for for this episode, we're out. We're out. Man, that was a lot that we had to dissect through that one statute, or soon-to-be statute, that we expect to happen. But we got a lot more to cover with regards to more potential laws that are going to be put into place. So we're going to pause today, and we'll pick that up in our next episode.